It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. Plus, ask about enhanced security for safer browsing and more. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply. and gentlemen, are you aware that there are thousands of people who go missing every year from all over the world? Some of these individuals vanish, seemingly no earthly explanation as to what's happened to them or where they have gone. In recent years, more and more people have become aware of these mysterious disappearances through the works of David Pilatus and his Missing 411 book series and people have been absolutely fascinated by this topic. Today, on The People Under the Stairs, we are going to delve a little bit deeper into this subject and see if we can flush out some of the answers about these mysterious disappearances that are taking place all across the globe. I'm Paul James Caden, one of your co-hosts here on People Under the Stairs, 
And today, Stan and I have a very special guest to talk about this subject with. He's a good friend of mine, a ufologist from the UK, Mr. Richard Lenny. So without further ado, let's get everyone on board and delve into this very interesting topic. So Richard, Stan, you guys out there, brothers? I'm here, Paul, and I've been anxiously awaiting uh, um, having Mr. Lenny on the show. As I told him prior to the show for just a couple of seconds, I, uh, I, I took a peek at his stuff online, which is fascinating. He's a very fascinating uh, uh, and articulate person. He's very, very interesting. Comes up with a lot of stuff that we should consider, in my opinion. And I've heard him on your other shows, and um, I was really delighted. And since I know many of the people in the audience who listen to these shows, um, who are personal friends of mine, as well as new acquaintances, and like the shows, uh, I think Mr. Lenny is going to be right up their alley, and they'll be either going to his site, you know, uh, or when he comes back on our show, which I hope uh, is in the future or in your shows, Paul, they, they give a, a, a careful listen to Mr. Lenny. He's a, he's a good guy. has a lot of good stuff. Definitely. And he's and we say thanks again, Richard, because I know you're doing this on very, uh, very short notice and you have another show you're doing today. So, yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks, <laughs> hi, Richard. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hi, Stan. Hi, Paul. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be on your show again. So, uh, you know, Richard has been on the uh, the spirit side a, a couple of times on my other podcast. This is his first time under the stairs. So uh, tell our uh, listening audience a little about yourself and, and what you do over there in the UK. OK, well, um, I'm a ufologist, so it means I track uh, identified objects, things that are strange that are flying around in our skies and also on land as well. But, um, yeah, I started back in. In 1980, when I had a close encounter, around about December time, when um, the Rendlesham Forest incident happened, it was just before Christmas. They had theirs at Christmas, and uh, it was also a red light, and I saw seven, and they were over my old school. And um, so I saw that, and I had a witness as well. And I lost a bit of time. Back then, I wasn't quite sure why I lost a bit of time. So, and then later on, I found out there was a possibility that things could have happened to me, but. As of yet, I've I've not found that part out. I haven't gone under any sort of hypnosis. I, I'm leaving it for a minute. But, um, yeah, I had a, a big close encounter with seven red lights. And um, as it went over the head of uh, my friend Glenn and me, it all looked connected as if it's like one big craft. And then they all separated and flew their, their own ways. And um, that weekend in our local Mercury paper, one was spotted going around Western and um, that was recorded seeing on our airfield. But Glenn and me, we saw all seven. So we think what happened was they split up and went over different parts of the country, maybe different parts of the world. Um, and that's when I really got interested. Before that, I was I was interested right back in the 70s with the old books that you used to be able to get with those black and white pictures of UFOs flying over Washington DC. I don't know if you remember them. Um, and Absolutely. I always, yeah, and I always wondered are these real, you know? And um, yeah, and I even did an oral exam on how to fake a UFO, which I thought was quite weird back then. But um, yeah, looking back on it, I thought it was weird. But at the time, obviously, you know. Um, so um, and then, obviously, after the eighties, we got the internet, and this is where it all started to kick off for me because mm -hmm. I then realised that other people were seeing stuff in the sky and different shapes and so on. And then, of course, I came across Ed Grimsley, the good late Ed Grimsley, who was a very good friend of mine. And um, 
he had his phone number on on the internet and i phoned him we had a good chat about him seeing craft through night vision and he's saying rich you've got to get night vision you know this is where it all opens up for you you're seeing stuff with your naked eye but you know you'll see even more through night vision so i i sort of got into that a little bit and sort of checked it out and i thought yeah why not so um i bought myself a pair and um yeah wow <laughs> and then of course i went into a different realm i mean i was seeing stuff which i couldn't understand at the time but when i left put the night visions away from my eyes i couldn't see these craft at all and as soon as i put them up there they were so um i was seeing you know triangle crafts i was seeing spheres i was seeing weird shapes like cigars oval egg shaped and they were flying really you know high up and um they were coming into our atmosphere i think some of them were in space as well and i even saw one that looked like um it was going into light speed you know it was preparing for light speed we're putting a beam out which i assume was moving the molecules aside and then it would go back in it was doing all this sort of crazy stuff for about 10 minutes and then the thing just shot off like the enterprise it was incredible and then a few seconds later there was a flash that was it it was gone and this mr lenny mr three lenny. o'clock in the morning that was three o'clock in the morning by the way <clears throat> yeah for for the audience uh you you in uh, in just so that uh, some of the people who may not be familiar with the with with some of the incidents you're talking about, the incidents in 1980, those are the famous incidents that happened at the Air Force Base that the United States military recorded and uh, sent right. out people into the woods. And and I think you're a, a, a minister of defense or, or deputy Nick Pope yep. from the UK. It's one of the cases, I, I think, that he cites and, um, you know, when he wanted to. Excuse me, I, there was just a. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. There was a, a, a message that came in and interrupted the show. My question. But that, that was a really uh, a, a well-documented incident that had pretty profound effects yeah. in, in NATO and your government and other countries in the Netherlands <clears throat> and uh, other people. And the, the one that you talked about over Washington is another well-recorded. Thing. I, I think you're referring to the one in the 50s. That's right. Yeah, yeah that it was. was all yeah. on radar to the point that President Truman was shaken up. It was for days over Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, I shook him uh, up big time. Yeah. So the reason, I, the reason I didn't want to be impolite uh, you know, to interrupt you on that thing, for folks who are new to this, uh, you know, you're, you know, being part of uh, that in the 80s. These are, uh, these are things that uh, are, uh, you know, very serious inquiry. On this, yeah. and these are very, um, what can we say, credible? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, those the, the yeah. craft I saw above my school, I mean, they, they were yes. in the distance, and I thought they were planes, but they were red lights, and I thought well, they must be going away. Yes. And they were navigation, but they were getting closer, they were getting bigger, and these spheres were big. I mean, they were above the school, probably about, I don't know, 500 feet up. And then all of a sudden, the other two ones went up and did like a semicircle and then went back down into formation. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to like land or do something crazy and then they yeah it was it was seven in a in a half circle like and then they all came over our heads really slowly but the thing about this experience i had with my friend glenn was at the time it was six o'clock in the evening very busy even though it was a village i lived in people coming home from work like glenn and i were we got off mm -hmm. the bus you know um but we didn't see anyone else it wasn't until I, I got back to my grandparents house where i was living that i thought hang on a minute why didn't i see anyone else we were like in a bubble if that makes sense to you Mm -hmm. And then we heard no noise, and there was no noise from the craft. We heard no noise of cars, buses, or anyone else coming home, which we should have done at the time. And, um, and of course, years later, I look back on it and think, mm, 
you know, maybe it was supposed to be like that because we were meant to see this and no one else, maybe. I don't know. But like I said, uh, one red light was recorded and it was in our local Mercury and it was seen flying over the airfield. And, and I worked with a guy later on, a few years later, who said he actually saw it through his telescope. This was really funny. His telescope was in a shed in his garden. He was with his friend. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they saw it, they scarped into the house. They were scared, like, you know, oh, my God, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And um, I said to him, his name was Duncan. I said, Duncan, we saw seven. <laughs> so imagine, you know, we were like, and they were above our heads. Um, but we just stood there and watched it. And I wasn't scared. I was, I was in awe, if anything. Um, but boy, what a night that was. Um, yeah. And that's when I really knew there's something out there. I mean, these aren't planes. These aren't, you know, balloons. I mean, we knew this was something else, you know, and, um, so, so you course. feel, so you feel Mr. Lenny, <clears throat> you know, from my understanding, you feel that there was some missing time or some yeah, missing well, awareness on your part. Sure. Sure. And, the reason I, uh, and some yeah. unusual, you know, extraordinary, uh, event where, hmm. You and your friend could see things, uh, you know, or or in a zone where you could observe things, but other people couldn't, perhaps. Yeah, because we couldn't see any of us around. Now, I live literally 30 seconds from my house where my mm-hmm. school was. I, I used to walk to school. It didn't take me more than a minute to walk. So, of course, when I got home, I was there literally. I mean, the whole event probably took about 10 minutes from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Then I went home. So we're looking at what? you know, 12, 13 minutes in total. And my grand said to me that my dinner was ruined. It was in the oven. Where have you been? Sort of thing. And I couldn't work out what she meant. I thought, well, it can't be that bad, surely. Uh, And of course, I didn't think to check time because I didn't think I didn't realize at the time that people lost time. I didn't, you know, didn't register to me. So, you know, I don't know what the time could have been because it was dark. It's winter time. I mean, it could have been seven o'clock. I got home, you know, off the bus at six. So, um, I wish I knew, but um, you know what makes your story very credible, Mr. Lenny, and you're not here to, for me to for you to have to be credible, but if you, you are, and I've heard you before. Right. When I uh, I'm a psychologist, and I've had to take special investigation training, okay. that, you know, to work with police oh, and yes, to, to yes. take down things. And you had one of the classic positive statements that you look for in a credible story and just for the viewing audience and please forgive me. I, I don't mean to interrupt your story. It's so fascinating. It really warrants, uh, you know, uh, support where, you know, uh, in certain areas when you said you thought there was a time lapse and then you didn't know what it was, but your grandmother said your dinner's been ruined. That's yeah. exactly the kind of thing when somebody says, I think it was 12 o'clock. Well, how do you know it was 12 o'clock? You weren't wearing a watch. Well, I heard, you know, the whistle blew, you know, go off in the factory. Those are real things that people don't make up. Mm. Those are just real events. And man, uh, there you go. I, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that before, but that's a that's like a, a striking feature right there. That very simple uh, statement that you made. Right. No one has told me that before. But yeah, I mean, um, I just wish I knew how much time it was. Right. That was elapsed, you know, but um, I know for a fact that we well, I was late, um, definitely, and my friend must have been too. So, yeah, and um, then, of course, years later, when I heard about the Rendlesham Forest, and then I sort of read into it, and it said about a red light landing in, in the forest, I thought, wow. And then I sort of checked up on what drawings people had put up and stuff of what they saw, and I mm-hmm. thought, wow, that's like what I saw. But I saw seven, you know, and they only saw one. And I was wondering, because it was around about the same time, it, you know, this was sort of like, I don't know, about the 12th of December, something like that. And so it was been before Rendlesham, but it was the same month, it was the same year. I'm wondering if it was the same craft, you know. Mm-hmm. 
just on a different day, different week. But um, and, and, then um, you, and then you started using the uh, the night vision glasses. Yeah. When I, mm. I interrupted you there, so I wanted to bring. And then you started seeing a whole big bunch of. Uh, you started seeing a lot more of these things once you yeah. had a different way of observing them through a different yeah. lens. I saw, um, I mean, the very first, I mean, I, the thing was, when I first got them, I saw nothing but birds, which we, you know, what birds look like through mm -hmm. night vision, as you can see them, and planes, obviously, and stuff like that, and shooting stars, and our satellites galore. And then, um, after about two and a half to three weeks of not seeing anything, I was just about to give up with them and thinking, mm, it's not working for me out here. And then one night, I thought, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because Ed Grimsley me told me to go out when it when the sun went down and it was dark and then you know to about 11 o'clock well that was no good for me over in the uk because all i was seeing was satellites and then after about 11 o'clock you start to not see so many because the sun is obviously going right underneath the earth so and then it's going really really dark and then i thought well i'm going to stay out later and this is when i started to see stuff so around about midnight maybe one in the morning i saw this massive great big disc um, in fact there was wow. three of them fly over yeah, going from uh, <clears throat> south to north, and then um, they were huge, like football pitch size. They were massive, and I just thought, wow. And then I waited in for like 45 minutes, wondering if any more would come over, and literally, and then another lot came over. This happened three times within a matter of, um, a, you know, a 45 minutes to an hour in between each one, and there were three of them. Bang, 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 you know, and mm -hmm. they were huge and they were discs. So, um, and that's the only time I've ever seen that sort of craft. And then after that, I was seeing triangle type craft or spheres that were dots that looked like triangles that, mm -hmm. like, you know, would move apart and come back together. Um, and I was seeing Iridium satellites, the ones that flare up, and I, I didn't know what those were. And then I found out they were satellites. So mm -hmm. I knew that was nothing special, but... I was also getting these plasma balls, and, I, and, they, and you can see these with your naked eye. You don't need night visions for them because through the night visions, they're intense. And I'm getting these at about two to three in the morning, and they're bobbing over the houses, the rooftops. And I'm thinking, what the hell are these? And it's like a mini, <laughs> mini sun. And I spoke to Eric about it on the phone. He said, yeah, I see them as well, Rich. And he said, I did a bit of um, research on it. And he said, every time I saw one over the rooftops of houses, I'd go there the next day to see if they'd seen anything or heard anything that night. And do you know what he found out? On every time he went to these houses where he saw these like spheres, these these like, plasma balls, what you like to call them, mm -hmm. there had been a death in the family. They lost a grand, they lost a mother, they lost a brother, they lost a sister. Wow. Yeah. So you're thinking that's some type of um, uh, energy uh, yeah. transformation. Yeah, and it would make sense because years, years later, this made sense because, and I'll explain why, a uh, lady down in Devon in, in Somerset, UK, was seeing craft and stuff. And um, while I was chatting to her in the living room, she said that we have three spheres that are attached to us throughout our whole lives. They sether and they fly up into what we assume is heaven when we die. And um, she said that apparently the middle one goes dark grey if you do anything bad. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. <clears throat> and it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And if you do anything really bad, like you kill or something like that, it goes black. And she said, would you like to see yours? Because I can see yours right now, and your middle one is just flatlined. And I've never seen that before. And I got worried. I said, why did it flatline? So I don't know, Rich, but do you want to see them anyway? I said, yes, please. So she took a photograph and there they were. And when you sit down, they sort of like move up into the corners of the room. And then when you get up, like a string of pearls, they're above your head. And wherever you go, they're with you for your whole life. Animals, by the way, have one on their back. We have three. And that's it. Now, of course, when I come back home from Devon, I get my partner to take a photograph of me and there's no spheres. So what I assume from that is because I got her to use my phone as well, and they were still there, not just her phone. I think it's the ley lines that go through a property, the Michael and Mary ley lines that I've discovered afterwards that go through wow. our house. We're bringing these up and we're showing them, you know, and of course the, the camera was picking them up. But when I blew them up, one of my spheres, it's like this rainbow colors in it, you know, and there's like this stick thing that goes off onto an angle, like a membrane. I mean, God, it was like something out of Doctor Who, you know, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, and these things are on us all the time. So that sort of made sense to me about the this ball that was above the house. And then maybe it catches these three spheres and then up it goes. And then we're judged, you know, hmm. by, by whoever. <laughs> it, it, it's Thing that you bring that up because I, I have something that I wanted to uh, bring to this topic uh, today a little bit later on that, that I want uh, particularly your opinion on Richard, because I think it's really interesting. I never talked to this. I talked about this with you before, um, yeah. but we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, I'd just like to I want- say also, um, that she did say this. I think it's quite important that when you look at the three spheres, there's like something running through it like water or something. And she said, she thinks everything we do, and I mean, everything we do is recorded. And like I said, if you steal money, you do something bad, your middle one goes dark gray. And then obviously if you do something really bad, it goes black. So this to her, she knows when people have done things bad, she had like a a live in sort of like helper manservant, what you like to call it. And apparently one day he stole some money or something, but she knew he'd done something bad. She didn't know what at the time, but she knew he'd done something because his middle sphere went dark gray. I think this is fascinating, you know, and oh, and by the way, I just want to point this out, which is even more important. She said, would you like to see that? your middle sphere go dark gray. She said, think of something bad and I'll take the photograph. Well, she told me not to use my laser pen. I was staying there, by the way, for the weekend. She said, don't use the laser pen because the ETs, you know, whatever she was seeing around her property might not like it. So I thought in my brain, right, I'm going to use that laser pen. She won't know. She took the photograph, right? (laughs) My middle sphere went dark gray. I'm not joking. Seriously, guys, it went dark gray. Well, you know, there is some precedent for things like that, too. Uh, you know, again, for the audience with Carillion photography. That's, mm. uh, you know, mm. that's something in the field of psychology and parapsychology for, for many, many years. When the phantom limb, people have had an arm or a leg, they cut a leaf apart, and the outline of the leaf remains upon photography. 
But wouldn't it be good if we could have that in courts? I mean, when someone comes up you know, and says, I'm not guilty, I didn't kill those people, well, you'd know straight away, wouldn't you, whether he was lying or not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we could sort this out in five minutes, you know? Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing stuff. That's uh, amazing perception. And yeah. you actually have you actually had these photographs. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I, they weren't great. I mean, they were on like we were talking a few years ago. Now the phones weren't so good about them, but yeah, I, I had them somewhere, and and there they are, you know. And you see, you see these people take photos of orbs, don't you, out in the back garden and stuff. So mm -hmm. visualize it like that, but there's a little bit more going on inside them, you know. The, like I said, oh, and also when she's out. And this is something, by the way, I couldn't understand. She said when she's out driving away from a property, away from the Michael Mary ley lines or whatever you like to call them, she says she still sees them. So she's been given the ability to see everything, whether she's in her home or whether she's abroad or somewhere else. And she says she knows how many people are in the cars on the motorway, you know, on the freeway, because apparently the spheres, they're not right attached to our heads. There's a gap before they start. So they're on the roofs of all the cars. So if there's three spheres, there's three people in the cars, right? You know, there's three lots of threes or mm. one lot of three or two lots of threes or whatever. So she knows how many people are in all the cars when she's driving along. She did tell me that. I thought that was interesting. This fa fascinating stuff, uh, Richard. Uh, is the, Did you find that there's a connection between your UFO and extrasensory perception experiences, like the ones you related, and the 411 type of cases, the missing yeah. people? I, t I tell you what I have noticed this last probably two or three years, I get the sense um, something tells me to look up and I look up and there's something up there that I can't explain. Um, it's happened quite a few times. <coughs> so um, and, you know, I'll get my daughter because I don't have a cell phone anymore, but um, my daughter has. And I said, can you just take a photo of that part of the sky? I don't know. I got a feeling there's something up there. Mm -hmm. she's done this before years ago for me and we used to catch like, things, you know, and I thought nothing more of it. Anyway, three days later, she comes into me and goes, dad, I got that triangle craft you wanted. And I said, what triangle craft's that? And she said, the one that you saw the other day. And I said, I didn't see anything. I just had a feeling there was something up there. She goes, look, dad, what I caught. And sure, there it goes. I mean, the first photo was like a little gray dot high up in the sky. There was no clouds. And then we mm -hmm. um, made it bigger and it was a triangle craft really high up. And all I had was a feeling there was something up there. And I get that a few times if I'm in the car, I look out the window and there's something there. I get the feeling, you know, something tells me to look up. But that's that's all I'm getting at the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it always works every time I get the feeling. There is usually something I can't explain up there. Well, you you are attuned, evidently, uh, you know, according to what you're saying. That, that's a, that would I think would meet the definition of an extrasensory perception. You're aware right. of something. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's why some people are light sleepers and some people can sleep through a thunderstorm. Yeah, I'm a very light sleeper, by the way. Yeah. Very light yeah. sleeper. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, th that's amazing stuff. And and this does how often does this happen to you where you I mean, it's not uncommon for people who are hunters, for uh, indigenous people who are, you know, uh, hunter gatherers. Actually, still, actually you know? talk, talking about this is just reminding me of something else. Now, this could be connected. I don't know. Going back a bit further, I don't think, um, say, 90, yeah, 96. I used to go clubbing a lot. Okay, used to go clubbing. what? I used to go night clubbing a lot, okay? Mm -hmm. I used to love it, you know, like everybody does when they're younger, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I remember around about 96, I was in this club, and I was with some friends, and I said, guys, can you keep close to me tonight? I think something's going to happen. You know, you get like an energy feeling. Mm-hmm. 
And and then we'd leave. And I said, come on, let's go. And as soon as we leave, there had been a fight there because a friend of mine had stayed and said, good job you left, Rich, because there was a real massive big fight. You know, it was mm-hmm. really bad. And then every now and again, I'd go clubbing it and I'd get this feeling again. And I, I'd be on my own and I'd leave. And then the next thing, there'd be police with shields coming in, like, you know, charging into the nightclub while I'm going out. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really weird. How, how you know, what a coincidence, right? And I, I get that sort of feeling. And that was back in the 90s. This is when that started. Mm-hmm. So whether that's a connection or not as well, I don't know. Or whether it's just because you sort of can feel the energy changing. I don't know. But there's that. But, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I'm just getting the feeling that there's something above me or there's something watching me. I think yeah, maybe that's, that's a what, better. that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a better probably mm-hmm. way of putting yeah. it. Um. And then you look and you think you see something and then, yeah, you do. So. But now uh, kind of, you know, getting our, uh, our, our river streaming into our, uh, our topic here before we, uh, that stands in our hourglass run out. <laughs> when we talk about uh, UFOs and, and missing time and abductions, uh, getting into what uh, Stan said earlier, you know, this being connected to the 411 cases uh, in your research. Have you found um, that there's any connection to all of this that, that you're talking about in, in these cases? Yeah. Well, the, the main thing was that people are going missing, but they're going missing right next to you. So mm-hmm. one minute they're there. You could be holding a hand, your girlfriend, you're walking with her. You turn away because you see a squirrel. You go, oh, look, look at a squirrel. And then you look back and she's gone, you know. And there's a long road and you know you'd see her, right, still either running away from you or going into a bush or something. So you know that that's not happened. So you're thinking, well, where is she? She's literally just gone, vanished. So, and this is what's been going on with the 411. Of course, people don't know where they've gone. Sometimes they're found again, you know, a few days or a few weeks or months later. Other times they're not. Nine times out of ten, they're never found. So I was trying to work out what this could possibly be. What would be taking these people right in front of you, literally? I mean, there was a case where there was a young lad who was playing with his ball. The ball was still bouncing, you know. The ball was still bouncing. He was gone. And they said the road was huge. It was so wide. You would have seen him for miles if he was running off. And he was only a young lad i think he was about six five something like that and um yeah but the ball was still bouncing so i'm trying to think of what it could possibly be and um the other thing that happened to me down in devon were beams coming down um taking up soil but you couldn't hear it and you couldn't see it with your naked eye you could only see it through the infrared spectrum. So in other words, I had equipment that looked into the infrared. Now, I only knew they were there coming down, taking up soil, because the lady, who was called Nina, who had the property, who had all this stuff going on, could see into the infrared spectrum, which I believe is humanly impossible anyway. But she said that they gave her the ability to see. And she could mm-hmm. tell me where to point the camera. So all this has been proven. As fact, because how would I know where to put the camera? How would I know where to point it to get these beams if it wasn't for Nina there telling me? And so, of course, when I switched on my night visions, there was nothing there. Then I went to infrared and bang, there they were. So I'm wondering whether maybe that might be something to do with it. There's something that's coming down and taking them that you can't see with your naked eye, that you can't hear, um, because they were taking up soil. And we only knew this because we could see something going up. And in the morning when we went out to where these beams were coming down into a garden, we found these holes 
They were four inches down by two inches across. The mud was machined like around, smooth like metal. I mean, they were perfectly round. And there were hundreds of them all over a garden. So we were correct in assuming this is what was going on, you know. Because she, she's already told me they take water. They take a cat, Ebby, believe it or not. They take everything, you know. And they're like farmers. They take berries. They take, you know, acorns. They leave half of it there and they take the other half. But you don't hear it. You can't see it, you know. So I had that as one theory. Um, there is another one. And... Um, which is an interesting one. We're talking about ley lines and obviously the energy that ley lines give. Um, but also, um, you know, when the earth cracks and you get like, um, you know, with an earthquake, when the plates rub together and, and they cause um, a crack in the earth and it opens up. Well, I'm also wondering whether, because of all the minerals in, in the earth and the rock, when they're crushed together, they cause an energy, an energy field, and it can be quite powerful. And whether that's got something to do with it as well, you know, um, how, I don't know how, but how, it, you know, they can take them maybe. But there's something going on with that as well, I think, because um, I've noticed a lot of people have gone missing. There have been these cracks where they were. So that sort of like tallies with that. Um, not not all cases, admittedly, but with some. And um, just on the, the subject of people going missing, we've got a field, by the way, down in Ireland where um, you go and you walk with your girlfriend and you're holding hands with her and all of a sudden your girlfriend is gone and then she'll reappear again. Um, bit strange. You could be holding her hand and you look to talk to her and she's not there. You're holding nothing. But then she reappears and she says she didn't feel anything. She thought everything was fine. Now, this has been told to me by a few people. Also, the police know about it because there have been people that have gone missing that haven't come back again. And they know about it. They keep it quiet, apparently, at the moment anyway. Um, and there's this certain field where, you know, if you walk down to a certain part of the field, you can literally like a time slip, you can go and not come back. So we've got our own version of it. Uh, well, it's in Ireland, not in the UK, but, you know, it's, it's our own sort of version of it around here. Um, so that's another interesting aspect, which I'm looking into at the moment to see if anything correlates with, you know, with the full one one. But, um, yeah, so that's quite interesting. But I think maybe, you know, there's there's got to be something that's coming down and taking these people. Um, there have been, obviously, birds. I don't think it's bird because the talons would, you know, cut, cut into you and you, they'd scream because you don't hear anything. That's, that's the thing. They, they don't scream. If I remember rightly, I did read one subject where a person uh, did come back and they weren't impaired in any way because I've noticed as well with ones that do come back, it's either they can't speak or they have an impairment where, you know, they don't they can't communicate properly. And they seem to be able to come back because they can't tell you what happened. But there was one person who was normal, who could speak. And it was a woman, if I remember rightly. And she said that all she can remember was it went very dark. The sky, the sky went dark like it was going to thunder and rain. She said it went cold and that was it. Next thing she knows, she's awake and she's in a part of the national park that she can't remember and i believe she was half naked at the time and she doesn't know how her clothes got removed 
But that's the only case I can remember that of a living person who can come back and tell us what happened to a certain degree. But even she didn't know anything more than that. But it all went dark, apparently. It all went dark. It was a lovely blue day. You know, sky was blue. It was a sunny day. And also, by the way, guys, this happens in late afternoon. You'll always find them. When someone goes missing in a national park, it won't be in the morning. You know, it won't be midday. It'll be from 4 o'clock p.m. till around about sort of like dusk time. Why it's that particular time? We don't know what it is. Nine times out of ten, if you're going to go missing, that's when you're going missing that part of the day. Well, here, here's an interesting thing. Uh, as I said, I wanted to pitch out there a couple of theories, and, and I'm sure uh, uh, maybe you guys have heard about this. There have been cases going back as far as the 17, 1800s uh, of people. Uh, and there was one in a book that I had read. I actually got this book at a book fair when I was in the second grade, and it was True Tales of the Supernatural. And uh, it's a it's a story that appeared in, in various other anthologies throughout the years about uh, a farmer. His daughters were sitting on the porch and uh, someone had had come by and the father, you know, went to their, you know, the carriage, their car. He was talking to them. He turned. He was coming across the, the, the yard toward the porch and he was suddenly just gone. And the two the, the two daughters and the wife had said said that around the spot where he disappeared, they couldn't see him, but they could hear his voice like he was off in the distance saying, help me. Where am I? Somebody help me. You know, so there's all these weird stories of people that have kind of just seemingly stepped into another dimension. And, and if you go on YouTube, you know, you can find different stories uh, where people said they were driving down the road. And suddenly the road wasn't the road anymore. It was a path in the woods. And there, there were these strange uh, elven looking beings that were like looking at them almost like they were angry that they were there. So are, are people stepping into another dimension, another dimension of reality? Wow. Is Stan, yeah. Is Stan yeah. And I talk about, you um, know, the, the first being mental, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like a matrix that we live in. So how do we know that sometimes our mind or reality just doesn't blur and we do step into something that, you know, different place, different reality, and we're not even aware of it. You know, it might not be things blurring. And I would throw this out to Richard, maybe uh, on his travels after the show, he'll look into it. And uh, you might be dreading where I'm going, Paul, but I'm, I'm thinking of classic science in terms of quantum theory. I'm not a quantum yeah. physicist, and it's very difficult, but I know quantum theory deals with the world of the very small, and uh, uh, just forgive me, I can't make it into one sentence, but I promise it won't be five hours. All, all things that exist are par either particles or waves, and it's very amazing when you're talking about these things. I wouldn't have um, ever thought of quantum theory until I started as a hobby studying it. And it's it's a it's a difficult thing to study to wrap your brain around. Very very few people really understand quantum theory very well, and I certainly am not an expert, a complete neophyte. But I do know from from reading different things, I can see certain of these scenarios that fit into things. And I'll tell you how, and why people have classified you know a lot of these things as extrasensory perception. Richard, in your wonderful descriptions of things, you keep talking about people's perceptions. The same with you, Paul. I I. I I can't see you, but I can hear you. Now, both light and hearing are waves. 
their light waves and their, you know, and, and their airwaves in terms of hearing. I mean, I know that as a psychologist, anybody listening as a doctor, nurse, anybody else knows that, you know, now we have no problem uh, looking every day at uh, the, the TV and seeing stealthy fighters and stealthy bombers, right guys? Yeah. They, they alter light waves, radio waves, electromagnetic waves. They disguise themselves and everything. Please and thank you. If there is another presence from another dimension, from another planet that's visiting, you know, and I'm being serious. I'm not giving a silly theory. I mean, they are so much more advanced than we are. That's just a fact. Every scientist will tell you that. If anybody's visiting us, they're very, very much more advanced than we are. Maybe some of the things that we speculate on, like when we see a show like Star Trek or, or a or a, um, you know, a science fiction picture where there's the equivalent of that prime directive that we won't interfere or we observe or people go bird watching or stargazing, right? They don't mess with anything. They go into the forest. They, they clean up after themselves with bushcrafting. Uh, maybe these other, um, if there are these other entities, they do the same thing. Now, to give some credence to what I'm saying, just, just a, one little bit more, I'm not throwing out as Mr. Lenny isn't or um, or you're not Paul crazy theories because famous people like Buzz Aldrin, Edgar Mitchell, the astronauts from our program, Buzz Aldrin, read his up to date, get on his site. I mean, right now, he'll tell you he knows people, he knows of people who know all about extraterrestrials. You, you know, uh, he believes there's life on other planets that we've been visited. Edgar Mitchell, when he was alive, started the uh, Institute for Noahism. In uh, you know the belief in a higher power in the universe, and also uh, you know made many comments uh, you know about uh, you know knowing facts about ufology that Mr. Lenny has uh, you know been alluding to or you know describing to us. So my premise is this: I think there may be entities uh, that know how to manipulate the world of the very small which is on a you know, quantum level, and they know how to manipulate and disguise um, you know, light waves, sound waves, other things, to kind of do what they have to do. Yeah, I like yeah, I agree and, with that. Uh, it, you know, it's a science that we don't understand and we don't have an application for right now. And it's something that just came to me, and I think it also applies to people who don't believe in uh, a higher power, you know, mm-hmm. let, let's call it God. If you sure. are aware of something, it exists. I, I never would have thought that way. I would think that was ignorant when I was a psychologist early on. And right now, I mean, I study neuropsychology like crazy, and it's the world of consciousness. And you know what? They the first one of the first things they say in quantum theory. I had no idea. Simply observing particles, not touching them or applying, simply observing them, can make them change. Yes, I heard of that. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's that's a that's a law in quantum theory, yeah. or I'd be that's, that's right. heavy stuff. That has a lot of implications, man. You know, now I don't know what they are, and I'm sure there might be other explanations for other things. But man, when you know the world of the very small means you and I think there's a cup here on the quantum level, it ain't a cup. There's no. vast spaces between yeah. those those uh, particles. There is no cup. We see a cup on our level of consciousness. What might a person? From another whole universe, another dimension. How do, how do they view things? Are are they even conscious of things? How do they manipulate things? It could be totally different. And you, like and you know, 
is uh, uh, go ahead, Richard. Oh no, I was just going to say I like your theory because you're not going to believe this, but I actually, <laughs> I actually thought the same thing going back last year, mm-hmm. and I started to read my um, great um, uncle's book on quantum physics. I um, my nan's brother was a scientist, and he wrote nine books on the subject of light and quantum physics and quantum mechanics, and um, I tried to figure out maybe that there could be something in, like you said, you know, in that sort of realm. But unfortunately, um, I couldn't get on with it. It was, um, I understood some of it, but not all of it. And I, yes, I, very I got to the point where, yeah, oh boy, yeah. And I got to the point where if I'm not going to understand it all, how am I going to continue with it going down this road? So um, that's why I've gone to other, you know, other things. But you are right. And I think you, you could be touching on something there because um, I thought the same thing myself, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. And um I tried to do it, but um, if, you, ha- if you have an open mind, you'll see the parallels. Yeah, it's the same way with that thing. If we observe an object, it affects an object. Man, oh man, you don't. Nobody thinks it's uh, strange to have a psychosomatic illness or a psychogenic illness. That mm. you think about things. If you go to a hospital to get treated for cancer, they're going to tell you to think positive thoughts. Think of those Absolutely. cancer cells. Yeah. What can you imagine? A higher um, intellectual ability or some, uh, some culture or some entity that has the ability, you know, through greater science or greater knowledge to be able to manipulate the quantum world or some other aspect of science that, that I'm not aware of or I can explain it. It's not wishful That's thinking. True. There's a lot of coincidences out there. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and let me tell you something, guys, this, this was a great jump off point for what I wanted to share later. And, uh, this is something I haven't talked about on this show uh, or, or with Richard, uh, but, but I'm going to throw it out there now, uh, since we're talking about, you know, quantum mechanics and Richard, you were talking about the orbs over the houses where uh, people yeah. had passed away. Yes. Yeah. Delving, you know, the subject into the whole, uh, metaphysical, uh, you know, higher consciousness realm. Uh, a lot of folks on this show, people under the stairs probably don't know this. I haven't mentioned this on the show when I was 12 years old. I had an experience uh, with a being that later identified itself as, for all intents and purposes, an angel. Now, I wrote a book about this um, very hesitantly. I I wrote it. This thing was on floppy disk for for a number of years. I met my wife. I told her about it, which is your niece, uh, Stan. Mm -hmm. And she's. You you got to put this out. You you got to get this book out there. So we put it from floppy disk. Paid someone to put it on disk because floppy disk was was obsolete. And uh, you know, uh, finally got it out. So I, I I don't talk about this that much because you think you know people are going to think you're crazy. But this whole incident, when it started at 12 years old, I didn't know anything about UFOs or life in other dimensions or life in other on other planets, but this whole experience and it had reoccurred throughout different times in my life. And it was just replete with lights in the sky, plasma balls, uh, things that, that I just couldn't explain, uh, visions, you know, this being, you know, seemingly standing in the room with me. And like you were talking about earlier, Richard, like being in a bubble. Yeah. You know, and then when it's over with, you realize, you know, you feel like you were uh, conversing or having a moment with this being for a half hour, but it was two, three hours later, you know, so very bizarre things. And one of the things, this is a conversation that I re- that I recorded 
that was had in the uh, November or December of 1992. And I didn't know any anything about any of these missing people. But I want to read you just a little excerpt uh, from this from this book. Now, this being identified herself as Sarah, S-A-R-A. And, and picking up in the middle of a, a conversation that I documented here, which, again, this was had in, in 1992. Didn't know anything about 411, didn't know anything about any of this. But here's what this being told me. She said, there are those who are born into this world with a certain innocence in their soul. That innocence is carried over from the place where their souls dwelt before coming into this world. You see, every soul lives for a time in the realm you call heaven. The soul is prepared for life upon the earth there. Many souls do not remember being in this place once they are born into this world. But then there are some who do have a remembrance. They may not recall a particular location or events, but they have a deep knowing of a far better place beyond this earthly plane. And these souls begin to grow, as these souls begin to grow and mature, they find that they cannot live in such a hostile environment. This world with all of its woes becomes like a cancer to them and begins to slowly eat away at the very fabric of their being until they eventually die a physical death. My kind are very interested in these types of people. Sometimes we offer them the chance to leave this earth and dwell with us in paradise. Now, this is me interjecting. I, see, I say, you mean you take them out of this world bodily? The answer, yes. Of all of the millions of people who vanish in your world every year, Never to be seen again, where do you think some of them go? My answer, I don't know. I guess I figured some ran away, others were kidnapped or murdered or buried in a deep hole somewhere. Her answer, this unfortunately happens in your world too. But then there are those who are never seen again, for they are with us. Now, I edited the living crap out of this book when i wrote it because you don't know what to put in what not to put in uh, are people going to think you're crazy is it too much you know uh, too thick but one of the things i wish i had recorded about that conversation was that people people are unaware of just how many individuals are are missing around the world every year Exactly. But one day, but one day they will be, and they will think they are being taken by extraterrestrials. So when we talk about this kind of thing, it it it, 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 it harkens me back. It it gives me chills. I've talked to two people before this book was written. Like I said, I I talk very sporadically about this with you know with people. But I remember one lady in particular that I talked to before I met my my wife and, you know, I was in the dating field and I met her on a, you know, computer dating site. 
and we had some really nice conversations on the phone, but I, I, I never met her for, for whatever reason. I think she was too far away. But we got talking about spiritual things one night, and, and, and I don't know how it got into this conversation, but I shared this bit of information with her about people who are given the opportunity to leave. And that a lot of times these people will become very fascinated with the subject of UFOs or angels, you know, before they leave. And this woman on the phone, I kid you not, I'm not lying to you guys at the listening audience. Her exact response was, oh, my God, that's what happened to my brother. And I said, what do you mean? She said he, he's been missing now for a little over five years. And right a few months before he went missing and he was never a religious person, he started talking about UFOs and angels and, you know, other worlds. And then one day. You know, he was just gone and we found his car by this lake that he used to like to go to. It wasn't very big. It was more like a pond. His car, his keys, you know, his, you know, everything was in the car, nothing disturbed. But he was just gone. You know, they, they you know, the local authorities, you know, dredged the lake. There was nothing in there. He just disappeared into like thin air. He was gone. So. I find that aspect extremely intriguing. Uh, and also, you know, in, in, in this book, in this account, one of the things talking about UFOs is I, I was told that the universe is uh, pretty much swimming with life. And much of it is what we would call interdimensional. And in those dimensions, are beings who some live close to the creator, to the light, and some live closer to, you know, selfishness, darkness, call it what you will. And sometimes here in our world on earth, we experience these beings and they are what we would call a devil or a demon or an evil entity. <clears throat> so all that being said, I just wanted to fling that out there on the table and, uh, you know, get you guys opinion. Go for it. What do you think? <laughs> well, I was just going to say that with what you've just said, um, there is a gentleman called, I don't know if you know him, um, uh, Laszlo Novak. Um, he's a UFO researcher like myself. He's on YouTube. You can go and you can see this video I'm going to tell you about now. And um, by the way, he used to catch spheres um, in the sky every day when he was living in Australia. He used to sit on his roof and every single day when they have, because they got great weather out there in the summer, especially. And uh, with the infrared filters, he would pick these UFOs, these spheres that I say are like drones and they watch everything that we do and all that. And um, <clears throat> well, anyway, he's gone from doing that to checking out this webcam, which is in Mexico. Um, it's in one, and it's in the city center of Mexico. It's got like um, a big archway. I can't remember what it's called, monument or something. Um, there's a yeah, there's a hotel opposite, and I think this is where this webcam's on the hotel. Anyway, it's pointing in on, on this like um, you know, it's sort of like a square, and you can see people walking and, and stuff like that. And at night time, he's picking up UFOs, and. Yeah, okay, he's seeing UFOs, he's seeing strange lights in the sky, and it's a pretty good webcam, by the way. But one night he, he messaged me and we Skyped, and he said, Rich, I think I've got an abduction. 
I said, really? He said, yeah, well, you know, a lot of people go missing in Mexico anyway. You know, it's mm-hmm. quite bad. We know from the drug problem and so on. But he said, it's bad. You know, there's a lot of people go missing in Mexico. He said, well, I think I might find out why, where some of them are going. He said, I want you to check this out before I put it out on my YouTube. So he sent it to me and boy, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I'll explain it to you. You can go on his channel. I'll explain. I'll tell you what it's called. And you can go and watch it yourself when this program is over with. But basically, you, you get like a cigar-shaped craft that comes over, and then it stops and it hovers. You see planes in the distance and that, you know, coming and going. But this thing just stays there. And out of it comes a small little object, okay? And it goes down into the square where there are people. And no word of a lie, this thing goes on top of a person. You see the person fall down. There weren't many people around this person. They were like, the square was quite busy, but not full, packed. You see the person fall down on the floor and then gone, disappears. Now, people have obviously seen this person disappear. I don't know whether they can see the light or this object, but they see the person fall down and then disappear because they all crowd around where that person was. And they're looking like, where, where's that person gone? And then this light thing flies back up, goes into the bigger craft and then flies off. Now, he's caught this more than once. And also, he's also caught it doing the same thing again, but not actually going into the square, but going down into another part behind the square where there's like roads and cars and that, and there's houses. And it literally goes down into where it disappears behind a house. And then later on, about half an hour later, he finds it coming back up again. And he assumes it's got someone. It's taking it either from the house or from the pavement or whatever. But, yeah, you've got to see this video to believe it. I mean, obviously, it's from a cam, a webcam. There's a slight delay, a very slight delay, but it's very good quality. And when I was watching it, I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, it was like, wow, and this is happening in like, well, it was happening in real time, obviously, when he caught it and recorded it. So what he basically does is he just watches this all the time now, like I used to watch the ISS, you know, live cam. So, um, you know. There you are. There's a possibility that they are taking these people, but who they are and where they go, obviously, is a complete mystery. But yeah, that was, that was quite interesting. And um, it goes well with what Paul was just saying. I saw something similar to that the other day after we did a show mm. with uh, uh, Steve Stockton. Uh, there were several people who, uh, you know, uh, we mutually followed each other, friended each other. And I was looking at some of their channels and you know how it leads into other places. Okay. Um, yeah. other YouTube shows. And there was something very similar to that where it was with a light field around people and uh, where, people, right. where people were sitting there and uh, you would see people become startled because they would see this person develop like um, almost like an Aurora Borealis around them or something or whatever they call that St. Elmo's fire, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. And uh, they, you know, they, you know, this has been happening at different places, uh, you know, uh, through the world. And it, it kind of fits in to what you're saying. You know, Paul mentioned demons and devils and all that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, you know, that may be the interpretations that, you know, people have based on lack of understanding. Uh, right. You know, but I when I listen to these things, you know, some of them, I think, are fabricated, to be honest with you, I think, or people believe that they've happened and haven't or they're misinterpreted but there's so many of them that i think that there's a large majority of them that are true and it's hard to classify them because i don't think we have enough of the science behind them 
We don't know. You just think of it. It would be like, uh, you know, us going back in time uh, 150 years ago and flying over Dakota or the UK when they have sailing ships with a stealth bomber. You know, people would just go, whoa, you know, they wouldn't know what the hell to make of that. I mean, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Out there. Well, this is obviously, you know, uh, or could be the same thing. Uh, You know, how did. You know, one of the biggest things our governments have had, and yours too, Richard, in the UK, they've been part of that. There have been big think tanks that have actually developed policies. How are we going to tell the population that we really have verified now that we've been visited by extraterrestrials? It has major implications on the politics. Uh, it has major implications <clears throat> on religion, on social order and things. People will become freaked out if they know that's for real. So if there are people visiting us or, again, these higher intellects or other things, I, I think that a lot of this stuff that we see, since you asked what our spin is on it, Paul, I think on the if there are legitimate cases by higher intellectual beings or entities or whatever, they struggle or try to find a way to make this palatable to our psyches because human beings, I mean, Jesus, they become, uh, they go into denial, like with things with climate, you know, with, uh, with the, uh, with the climate changing or people say, Oh, there's nothing the matter. That lump on my head is really nothing. You know, uh, things scare Mm -hmm. the pieces out of people. People don't handle anxiety. Well, no, you don't. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, They no, it's just not, you know, it's fight or flight or we make shit up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. you know, a higher, uh, a much, you know, just like if we were telling a kid something, you know, we'd have to dumb it down a little bit. We'd have to make it more palatable. Maybe that's how people come up with angels and demons and things like this. Uh, yeah. uh, people say, what, you know, what level of uh, intellectual ability are people in this environment? Uh, you know, what do we gauge it to be? What can they handle? without, you know, blowing their minds. It's just like if I asked either one of you, I can't do it. Nobody that I know can even you know, I, you know, try and envision the, the, the totality of the universe. You can't. You can't wrap your brain around it. I think sometimes, uh, you know, religion, as we package it, has done a little bit of a, a disservice because just like you said, you know, we say, we say angel, demon, devil. You know, that's the label we put on it. Uh, but what is it really and where does it come from? You know, we think heaven way up there, hell is down there, but it could be just other dimensions of life that are right next to us that, again, we, as some say, we could actually have originated from. And when we die and the consciousness leaves the body, we will return to that world, you know, okay. but we have all this mystery and mystique around it. We, you're not supposed to understand. And I never, uh, I never agreed with any of that. I think your theory. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't mean to be sacrilegious or disrespectful to anybody. I've always had a a, a kind of and then I've said, well, you know, that's you, you, you know, just don't even go there. I uh, I am a practicing Christian and I've always thought how um, how highly unusual and how amazing that twenty two hundred years ago. When the Romans uh, were crucifying people, when people would burn people alive, they would enslave people. They would do. Where would you possibly get the sophistication of a person like Jesus, for example? 
that it's it's almost superhuman, isn't it? When you stop and think of it, compared to the period in time. So, yeah. you know, are these religious figures that we have, as Paul, you were alluding to, you know, could they be our our forebearers or the people that seeded this planet? Uh, I know this is, sounds like pure science fiction, but are they trying to instruct us in a manner where they figure at that point in time we can understand? It's like the silly argument when people say, sure. well, there's no the science in the Bible. There was no science 2,200 years ago. People could, you couldn't talk to them about these things. Science didn't exist as we know it. No, so, don't feed us enough information so we can handle it and no more. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in, in different cultures, you know, they, they get their version of that. Now, maybe that's just a stretch. Maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. I can entertain that. I'm not a fanatic. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I know the message is wonderful, and I know the message is far beyond what people were thinking at the time, you know, but, uh, man, it's amazing. Mm. Uh, it's amazing stuff. You know, I to like me. the, um, I like what Paul was saying about the, the you know, the different, um, realms. Um, you've, cause I, yeah, the, um, there was a, a friend of mine, he's got this video and, and Paul, I'll get him to send it to you. Cause I want you to see this. Um, he set up, uh, um, a camera up in a wooded area. I think he was trying to catch some UFOs or something. Yeah, that's what it was. He was trying to catch this UFO that was flying around. This is in the UK. This is probably about 30, 30, 40 miles away from where I live. And, um, he's going to show it to me when we meet up, but anyway, <clears throat> and, um, Every night he, he'll get the camera and he'll download the stuff off it and obviously put it on his laptop. Well, one night he did this and he was looking for a UFO. He didn't catch a UFO, but I'll tell you what he did catch. He caught an old 50s American-style car coming through the ether, landing onto a dirt track and driving off. Now, where did that come from? And literally wow. came out of thin air. Now, he's got all this on video. So I need to see this, but I'm going to get him to send it to you, Paul, okay? Because I think what you were saying about different dimensions, I think you, I think you're on something there, definitely. Because if this yeah. thing came out of another dimension, he's caught the tail end of it. You know, there was a flash. He said it was just like out of Back to the Future. There was a flash. This thing literally just came out of nowhere, and it, it was probably about twenty feet off the ground, and then bang onto the dirt track, and obviously dusk coming up, and it was nighttime by the way, and then it just drove off. Um, and he knows this track very well, and there's no way you can jump off anything. It's all flat, you know. So this is the same thing, Richard, that uh, Steve Stockton was saying last week on our show, the host right. of, uh, of 13 Past Midnight, uh, when he was in Las Vegas, uh, or it might have been Portland, but I think the story was in Las Vegas, when he saw the guy in the 18th century costume. That he said, wow, that's an interesting costume. And yes. he's had these things where, where people, they're kind of, you know, like uh, it, it may be the premise of shape-shifting. Yeah, slipping in and out, uh, you know, and again, I think it ties into that quantum mechanics, inter, you know, call it interdimensional, whatever it is. I think it is yeah. all connected in some way or another. I totally, I totally agree. I, I, definitely an avenue to go down. Definitely, hundred percent. You think about it too, when you think of the uh, the words of Jesus when he said, uh, you know, in my Father's house are many mansions, or the real mm -hmm. translation would be many rooms and scholars and theologians have puzzled over that for centuries. What does that mean? You know, many rooms and we're, they're just now getting down to the point with uh, modern science and quantum mechanics saying, geez, maybe he was actually talking about other dimensions of reality, other, other worlds, you know, that there are many all around us, all through the universe. You know, I yeah. don't know what the, I don't know what the fans of this show, the show, the people who come in and listen to the show will think, but uh, at least for me, 
Richard, what a delightful uh, guest you are. What a pleasure. Uh, and thank you so much. I'm not ending. I'm just, just trying to say what a pleasure uh, discussing this with you. What an uh, intelligent conversation. These are the kind of shows that folks that give me the goosebumps. These are the kind of shows that just do because these are real possibilities. And, you know, um, I, I don't know what you think, Paul. I think Richard, if you'd be nice enough, I think he should come back and I want to hear more about the uh, people missing. And I think, Richard, when I looked at your site, you were also talking about people in Ithaca, these animals being found up in trees or some such thing. Was that yeah. you? Can you believe I mean, that? that's, that's yeah. right here. I mean, that's that's 30 minutes away from where yeah. I live. Yeah. They're finding them on power lines. They're finding them up trees. There's been no tornadoes, no nothing. They're just, no, no, no. How the hell did they get up there? You know, um, and it reminded me of when they found um, these bodies really high up in the mountains on the missing 411. Yes. Um, and they found that uh, poor chap who was in a wheelchair and he was on that ledge. Oh, God. And there was the baby as well on the ledge. And the people saw the baby and couldn't understand why there was a baby up there. And then the next day, obviously, they found out that it had gone. And yeah, it reminded me of that. And a walking stick. Oh, yeah. I've got to tell you this quickly, guys. A guy went missing in one of these national parks. Same sort of thing. He had a GPS on him. They could actually go to exactly where he disappeared. They, they got the troopers out there. They got the bloodhounds out there. Couldn't find him, okay? They found his map. Um, they, they found something else of his clothing and they found where his trails ended and that was it. And they were looking through their binoculars and they had a helicopter up there as well. And there was these tall pine trees. They go hundreds and hundreds of feet up. And, um, I Googled it as well. And they are really tall. And he saw this glistening thing in the tree and he it's like zoomed in on it. And he found the guy's walking stick because it had these little badges down the side of the walking stick and they were like metallic and the sun was reflecting off it. And he zoomed in and that was the walking stick that the guy had. They had it confirmed by his wife. And it was like 200 feet up and hanging in this tree. How the hell did that get up there? Wow. So this is why I think these, this is why I'm saying about they're, they're getting pulled up somehow. And I don't know. And yeah, he dropped his walking stick and it landed in the tree. And there you go. And it's still there. <laughs> they can't get it. It's still there. Amazing stuff. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, and I would just I would just end on that because I know uh, Richard's got another show, and he was uh, very kind to do this uh, at the drop of a hat. Uh, so we want to let him get going. But uh, you know, referring back to uh, my experience and uh, the things that had happened, you know, I, I just wanted to uh, also confirm, uh, you know, for you guys and and the listening audience uh, that when I talk about that experience and the lights in the sky and the plasma orbs, that was just not seen uh, by me. But I was with family members and friends at various times that also uh, witnessed these things as well. Uh, sometimes just out of the blue, you know, well, what the hell is that in the sky, you know? And, uh, yeah. you know, very interesting stuff. And, and again, when we talk about putting labels on things, you know, go, going back to the, uh, the universe being uh, just filled with life, you know, and some of them are... Uh, you know, live very close to the light and do well and others do not, they, they can be just like human beings, you know, someone to help people, some love, you know, other people, other beings, and some are very hateful and, and very, uh, you know, mischievous or, or even hurtful, you know? So when we see the, the missing four and one, the thing that comes to my mind is, are some of these people 
uh, disappearing, going somewhere good. Uh, but then maybe there's someone or something out there that's not so close to the light mimicking that, uh, but doing people harm. I, I think that's a very real possibility in the world and the universe that, that we live in. Maybe some bad people get connected to this as well. I was just thinking about, you know, these really bad people that do a lot of killing and stuff that you hear about. Maybe they're getting connected in with these things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. And getting fed fed off it and I don't know. Yeah, it's just a theory you, of mine. You guys have a, a, a number of other shows that have possibilities if you're all willing to do them. They sound fascinating. Those are, those are, good, those are good topics for shows. Yeah. And just one more thing, if you want to see that video, it's Color UFO on YouTube, and it's called Monument of Revolution. It's in Mexico City. This is where these people seem to be going missing. Um, if you guys are interested and want to have a look at it. Absolutely. Um, That's color UFO, like the color red? Yeah, C-O-L-O-R-U-F-O, all one word, on YouTube. And just scroll down, it's called UFO, Possible Alien Transportation Occurred from That Monument. So he hasn't said it's definite because he doesn't know. He's only reporting what he sees. But, you know, it's be good to get your feedback on it. Have a look and see what you think. But, boy, yes. it, looks like it, it looks like it to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. But, uh, Richard, is there any, uh, any information for the guests out there that may want to look at uh, more of your work anywhere you can be found online where they, they can follow you or see what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Richard Lenny, L-E-N-N-I-E, and then Ufologist in brackets. And I'm basically, in the moment, I'm putting all my stuff up on there. Um, you can subscribe to me on YouTube, although I haven't actually put anything up on it yet. So, but yeah, that's me at the moment on Facebook. And you can Google me if you want to, you know, if you want to see what I've done. I'm, I've been on TV, radio, I'm in books, magazines. Google me. I've got the first few pages and you can see what I've done and then it'll give you links to it. And you can have a listen to, you know, these um, stories I've told you, these facts that I've seen. And, and you can hear them, in, you know, in all detail and and um, yeah, go from there. But just just Google me basically. And then I'll scroll down and see what you find, what you're interested in and click on it. There you go. Awesome. And how about you, Stan? Where, where, as usual, where can the folks uh, find you out there in Cyberland? You, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Stanley Wangland. You can find me on Twitter at S Wangland. You can find me on uh, my uh, other podcast, Just Thinking with Stan Wangland. Uh, and you can contact me directly at my personal email at S Wangland. That's S W A N G L U N D at gmail.com. And if you're interested in becoming a Patreon of my uh, Just Thinking show, you can get to me through www.patreon.com slash Stan Wangland. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we can uh, bring that show and maybe this show along with it to uh, a higher level, a higher platform that costs money to, you know, to get out to more people. Because let me tell you something, listening to a show like this for free with a person of Mr. Lenny's uh, caliber and insight. It's a great deal, folks. It's uh, better than sliced white bread, as they say in the United States. <laughs> well, I'm going down to that lady's house again, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. So I might have some more information for you. We're taking 4K drones, so you never know. We might get wow. some. Great stuff, Mr. Lenny. I know that okay. you know Paul, but for the first time meeting him, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope to stay in contact with, with you. Good talking to you, Stan. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Okay, I'll stop recording if everybody's okay with that. All right. Well, folks, we'll see you next time under the stairs. And uh, 
thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wanglin. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com that's at swangland at gmail.com and please continue to check out all the new episodes of the people under the stairs every wednesday and every sunday on the reality check podcast network it's cutting into your exercise time it's stabbing you in the back nine And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did you have a bad day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.